0: Welcome to All Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by Eric a uh, publisher of InsideTexas.com. How are you doing
1: today, Eric? Doing pretty well, Bobby. Not getting much distance from my phone these days, but uh, doing well. Glad to have all these <laughs> stories to, uh, to cover and report. I, I, I figured we'd
0: start with you and I. This is our weekly program, State of the... Uh, we call it State of the Program uh, for Texas football and te- Texas athletics in general. One of the things I brought up in today, uh, today, and what I reported at insidetexas.com was that the Longhorns uh, still feel extremely confident about moving to the SEC by at least 2024. Um, even despite uh, Jimmy Bataro, the head of ESPN, saying yesterday or the day before that uh, he foresaw Texas and Oklahoma joining in 2025. I think that was a uh, political speak uh, at a public function uh yeah. that uh Pataro had to push forward uh but behind the scenes i'm hearing 2024 uh you and i had texted a little bit this morning about it uh i wanted to get your further uh uh information out there as well and not just rely solely on mine so we we
1: come at it from a couple of different angles you want to go ahead and start well yeah i mean it depends on who you talk to i've heard 2024 as well but there's others that have cautioned me saying that there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes uh, to expedite it, and then you know the big holdup is that there's not a commissioner right now, uh, so it's hard to negotiate your way out of that into into a new conference without that uh, key person in place. Um, I find it hard to believe that they'll play one year with that new funky schedule with the uh, with the uh, the new Big 12 members uh, at the same time. You know, they've got to do what's best financially and they've got to work it out. But I, I don't I'm not ruling out 2023, but I, I agree with you that 2024 is the uh, word behind the scenes for the most part. But I do think there's people that would kind of wink it and you say, let just just let us work on this and see what, what comes of it.
0: Yeah, it sounds like there's wiggle room, basically, is what you're saying. And, and I feel like I feel like, you know, it's at least 2024 at the at the latest is what, what I think that's what I come out on it if it's uh, ahead of that you know, it's ahead of it. Uh, Obviously, the the idea that Cincinnati, uh, UCF, Houston, uh, BYU are joining in 2023 in the Big 12, uh, you would think gives Texas some leeway to also make a move in 2023, but that just hasn't come to fruition quite yet for a variety of reasons.
1: Yeah, and you know, the the contract negotiations are going to be a big holdup as well for the TV uh, you know, between the conferences and the, in the television networks. So that, that, that's always a tough one to, to account for because, you know, you could get spun one way or the other, depending on who you're talking to, especially with lawyers involved. Um, but yeah, uh, 2024, I would say was, is the absolute latest. Um, I tend to think the, the guys that really want it to happen earlier are going to figure out a way to make it happen, but, uh, you're, you're correct in saying 2024 is the common sentiment right now.
0: Yeah. All right. I, I think that, you know, before we get too far down that rabbit hole or, or, Instead of going too far down that rabbit hole, because I think you and I both could talk about conference realignment for a week um, and probably not stop talking about different iterations and whether or not the the championship uh, playoff uh, will actually have some eventual impact here as as it expands, uh, as we think it will over time. Um, Let's move on to some some other issues. Uh, You know, I want to talk a little bit about NIL, Mm -hmm. uh, name, image, and likeness. And what's going on uh, at Texas at this point, uh, the Longhorns, uh, the the Austin American Statesman had a good article, uh, came out on Monday or Tuesday, talking about uh, all of the different ways and different numbers uh, of Texas athletes that have uh, been compensated via NIL. And and, uh, it it sounds like those things are going well. But I know from hearing behind the scenes, and I want to get your take on this, it sounds like, you know, I know the Dallas. there's some people in Dallas-Fort Worth that are, that are pushing forward right now. Uh, I, I mentioned that in today's column. Uh, what are you hearing uh, on the NIL front as well, Eric?
1: Well, I mean, first, it's nice to be able to have these conversations so publicly and out, out on the open on YouTube for all to see, you know? I mean, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's a comforting feeling right there that we can have these open discussions because uh, everything's happening tra- transparently and under the, the letter of law. Um, yeah, what we're seeing right now is the uniting of uh, different uh, factions to we're all row in the same direction as opposed to uh, you know fighting each other. It's kind of like Interpol. You know, Interpol kind of uh, gets <laughs> all this intelligence and runs it together so everybody can uh, can be on the same phone with, if they need to, and not go you know take hours to get on the phone and, and communicate what has to be communicated. So it sounds like to me everybody is uh, get, getting getting uh, together on the same page and rowing in the same direction. And then that's the uh, the differing towns. You know, Fort Worth, Dallas, San Antonio, Austin, and Houston. Those guys have some rivalry, too, that they can uh, they can use to their advantage as far as, hey, these guys raised this. What are you guys up to? And, and you know, bring out the competitive side of these guys.
0: Yeah, I, I think that all of those guys, I, I don't know any of them that aren't competitive at some level, right? Right. That's um, how they got they, there. They, they got where they are for a reason. Yep. <laughs> they, they didn't uh, sit idly by and watch uh, things happen to them. They made, made things happen. Um, you know, as we go into this recruiting cycle, um arch manning clearly would be and by according to and according to on three he's the highest most valued player via nil uh in the country right and this is the re- recruit that texas georgia alabama all of them are after that we've talked about ad nauseum here on on this program as well as at inside texas um he's uh, clearly the most valuable player in the country Yet he has decided not to seek NIL deals prior to uh, making a a, a prior to the end of his senior season or prior to making a college commitment. Um, Do you think that's part and parcel that his parents and he don't want that to interfere with the actual recruiting process and his selection of a school?
1: Yeah, I think that's right. I think because of the name, they're going to they're going to be you know well compensated no matter where they go. So let's uh, focus on picking the right fit first, pick the school for the right reasons, and then the rest will follow. Uh, yeah, he's going to be he's going to be perfectly fine. You know, he's going to be he'll make more uh, as a backup uh, freshman, uh, probably as a redshirt freshman than, than most of starters in the country. You know, it won't even be close. So I don't think they, ha- they have to worry about that right now. Um, they've, they've seen to handle this in very compartmentalized steps. Uh, and I don't think that's going to change. You know, right now they seem focused on the decision.
0: Yeah, I, and I, I think that the interesting part is some quarterbacks nationally are taking a different tack. Malachi Nelson, uh, quarterback committed to uh, uh, USC. Southern Cal. Yeah, Southern yeah. Cal just announced that he's uh, signing some 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 deals. Uh, Nico Emanueleva, who's committed to uh, Tennessee, yeah. allegedly has <clears> a, a seven-figure deal in place as well. Those are the top three quarterbacks in the country, uh, supposedly. And they all, uh, two of the three already have have apparently inked deals uh, allowing them to, to push forward. Uh, Manning standing out a, a, a opposite those.
1: Yeah, Malak, uh, both Malachi and Nico are California kids. Uh, and so they're able to have those negotiations. And they, they changed the laws in uh, Louisiana as well that to, to mimic California's laws. Uh, Malachi, you know, I don't know what he heard before is his commitment, but he's been committed to to USC for a long time, and he's been committed to Lincoln Riley for even longer. So um, you know, you'd understand that he'd start doing that right off the bat. The Nico one's kind of interesting. It seemed like uh, there was a lot of information on that guy uh, picking Tennessee, and then all of a sudden, you know, all these deals came out. So uh, I don't know. I don't know that they broke any laws or anything. I'm not saying they did, but it's just you know, the, there's different rules in California and Louisiana than what Texas have, and I bet we see some changes in the Texas law, uh, you know, down the road.
0: Yeah, in talking to some high school coaches, uh, it is a hot topic in the state of Texas right now about how they handle that. Uh, and and in talking to uh, one administrator at the, the state level, uh, my, my comment is, is that, it, it look, they are dealing with 10,000 plus high school athletes, right, at, at, at all the schools across the state of Texas. This is literally going to affect 10 of them per year. Yeah. Um, lot, at yeah. most. And so I, w- I would caution them to be, I, I, you know, that I don't want there to be an overreactive law or rule that really is, is you're, you're, you're making a law for the highest common denominator or lowest common denominator, however you want to look at it, right? And, and all of a sudden getting off, off track.
1: Yeah, well, I'm not going to fall on my fainting couch about you know recruiting in the high school ranks. Uh, let's be honest. You know, certain guys get jobs for certain reasons, and usually they have a lot of. Oftentimes, they have a very talented son. So, uh, you know, there's cheating in high school goes on. I think everybody knows that. Um, you know, if a 16 year old kid could go work at Jack in the Box, I don't know why he can't make money uh, playing playing sports. So. Well, whatever. well,
0: here's the question that I was leading into though. With this is Ruben Owens, um,
1: um,
0: the the running back out of El Campo. Uh, recently uh, committed to Louisville on Monday or Tuesday of this past week, Texas, Texas, A&M, TCU, Georgia, all these national, not just local or regional schools, but national schools, number number two rated running back in the country. He opts for Louisville out kind of, I mean, that, no offense, but Louisville hasn't been a national player in recruiting in forever when it comes to the sport of football, maybe in right. basketball. Um, so You know, is that nil related? You think? I mean, is that where that that's kind of headed? Sometimes, as we look at 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 all of this,
1: Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I would have my assumptions. You know, I'm not going to say anything, but uh, you know, maybe got lifetime Papa John's. uh, Who knows? (laughs) Uh, It's a a very curious uh, commitment, but um, you know, people follow their incentives, and I'm sure he knew what he was doing when he picked that one.
0: Yep, I just wonder if he's going to stay at El Campo as a senior um uh, because there's yeah, some so scum, that, that, he may actually move schools right
1: if you could go to a california southern california if you look at the comp- composition of louisville's um uh recruiting class it's the, this new pipeline from la to uh to louisville which you don't see very often maybe kentucky derby weekend uh that's about it so um yeah you know i mean i i look at the fact patterns and i kind of chuckle because you can you can put it together without hearing anything more often than not yeah um, but we'll see, you know, kids have been flying over to, to go to IMG and uh, Oak Ridge Academy and basketball. I mean, that sort of thing's been happening for a long time. So, um, you know, maybe the reasons are different, but the fact that it's happening is, is nothing new. All right.
0: Uh, The Manning passing Academy, let's move on. The Manning passing Academy begins on Thursday. Arch Manning obviously uh, will be in attendance. Uh, His uh, uncles uh, put the camp on along with his grandfather Uh, and his uh, dad as well. Uh, They'll be in front of the microphone Thursday. I'm not sure if, we're not sure if Arch is going to speak, but what are your thought processes right now? What are you thinking on the Arch Manning recruitment as it relates to the Longhorns?
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, you know, when Texas put together that uh, initial push to have uh, official visits this weekend uh, and they started getting the offensive linemen, and I was thinking, well, that'd be a good, good, good time for Arch to, to maybe pull the trigger. But, Obviously the, uh, the Manning Passing Academy was announced for this weekend and Arch moved his uh, trip up a week. So the, the, logic would still stand that if he knows it's Texas, then it would, it would be wise to do it relatively soon uh, to try to, try to create, create some momentum. Now, if he still has some uncertainty, then who knows the timeline could go on uh, into the distance until he does have clarity. Uh, I think he has an idea where he's going, but I know, uh, I don't know anybody that knows his firm timeline. Uh, there's a couple of rumors out there, but nothing, nothing certain, um, I've heard some credible sources think if it goes on longer than one or two weeks, it's probably not good for Texas. Uh, They'll have to figure out kind of why what's, what's holding them up. You know, what can they fix that they haven't already addressed? Um, And then, but if it's going to be Georgia and Georgia certainly doesn't have any clarity on his decision timeline. uh, Why wasn't it Georgia three months ago? You know, not, not much has changed there. They're still the defending national champions. They still have the same quarterback depth chart. Uh, They still have the same coaching staff. So um i think he, you know my my intuition on it um sometimes you kind of have to go with that is uh, that he's going to commit relatively soon and i still think it's going to be texas but um you know there there's definitely an element of you know, there's 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 some confidence on the georgia side i don't know really where it stems from beyond the fact that it should be georgia just based on occam's razor there's so many different aspects that could be considered occam's razor here well, they're defending national champions, their stability, there's a lot of things that go in their favor. But I think there's a lot of things that they're looking for that go in UT's favor too. So um so my prediction is still Texas. Um, but I don't know that for sure. And uh I think it's gonna be relatively soon decision, but I don't know that for sure either.
0: Yep. Um Stetson Bennett, Georgia's starting quarterback, will be at the Manning Passing
1: Academy this
0: week. I wonder yeah, if there'll be some conversation there. One
1: of, one of 45 quarterbacks there. He's in he's in high cotton. Uh, <laughs> I mean that's had a pretty good chance of being in there 33 chance they're at a division one quarterback so um yeah i don't know that that means anything will randall will be there and uh you know there'll be other people in texas's corner that are there too so
0: i keep coming back in this recruitment the thing that i think texas is you can say what you want but there's only one steve sarkeesian right and uh the mannings typically have chosen a quarterback tutor to go to. So with Peyton Manning, it was David Cutcliffe in Tennessee. Yeah, right. Um, and then uh, Eli Manning, it was David Cutcliffe in Ole Miss.
1: Um, and Bobby, that's uh, another one. Of, that's another one of the aspects that's Occam's razor that favors yeah. Texas. There's so many that in the end, we don't know. We won't know until, until it's over and set said and done. Uh, but that's there's a lot of those little things that, that favor Texas that people are you know they look at the, and saw that they're five and seven but uh the mannings look a lot deeper than that uh they're trying to win quarter uh super bowls and you know to be a quarterback that wins a super bowl you're, you're gonna have to come in and, and most most likely be ready unless you're just buoyed by a fantastic defense
0: yeah the the thing that's interesting and you you kind of go over this to me is when he does announce why he gives us the why he chose where he went because we, we've yeah. pontificated as much as we can right um as as reporters or as uh, uh guys that are that are reporting on this you, you can't you don't
1: know until you know until he actually says this is yeah. why i made the decision right we might and we might not get a whole lot of clarity on that just because he's not he's a man of few words he doesn't give much um you know his, his most recent press uh our interviews suggest that he's uh been coached quite well he's come a long way he's, uh he's just gonna say he had good relationships and and that's where his heart is if it's Texas. And, and there's enough good things in Texas's favor that his head can agree with it. Um, if it's Georgia, it, you know, it's probably the safe school, you know.
0: Got it. Um, Eric, uh, recruiting as a whole right now for the Longhorns, uh, we've been talking about it, is a, a big picture uh, issue. Uh, Horns had uh, nine guys in over, the, over this past weekend, about a dozen guys coming in this weekend. We're, <coughs> we're still holding on. Excuse me. We're still holding on. Uh, we think there might be one other official visitor. We're, we're waiting to confirm that as well for this weekend. Um, you know, as a whole, where do you think recruiting is for the Longhorns? Is is the wait for for Arch Manning like the sonic boom that needs to happen for Texas in recruiting? What what, what are your thoughts on that right now?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's coming to a head. What I, what I'd written in uh, January and February was, was there's not really anything that's going to create momentum for this staff uh, other than probably an arch Manning commitment. Um, you know, the last, everybody remembers that the recruiting flourish from the 2022 cycle, That that doesn't really have much carry over to the next class. And so th- it has kind of been a slow uh, process building, building up uh, relationships and momentum here. And, and right now the class is in to me uh, in a bit of a precarious position, you know, that's not, you know, people will sound the alarms when they hear stuff like that. But I always tell people, don't get too high or too low. Let's just wait and see how it plays out with, with Manning. And then uh, I think you will see a bounce if, if they get him. Uh, and then it's up to them to win over the season and truly take advantage of, of getting him as, uh, as a signee. But, um, yeah, I mean, they need, to, they need to continue working and building relationships so when those factors fall in their favor, they can take an advantage. And that's what they did in the last cycle.
0: A couple of uh, bellwether recruits right now. Jaden Chapman coming in this weekend. He's a bellwether recruit because it looks like it's a Texas, OU, A and M battle. Malik sure. Muhammad, who was in last week, uh, Texas, Texas A and M, maybe Alabama as well. Uh, then you have Darian Galette, Anthony Hill, uh, even a Braylon Shelby who uh, is is out looking at SC in Texas. You yeah. have a few bellwether recruits that are, and I and I tried to. To say this in a in a in a good way, it seems to me there there are a lot of nip and tuck recruiting battles this year, more than usual, maybe Um, not this. Hey, I'm definitely going here. And it's not just with at Texas. It's at a number of schools um, inside the state and in the region right
1: now. Yeah, you know, I'm going to I'm going to reach out to Connor Stroh and he's not nearly as, uh, you know, he's not as highly rated as some of those other guys you mentioned. But, you know, Texas has had the, the relationship there in its advantage for the, uh, pretty much the duration of his recruitment. But his family went to A&M. And you look on Twitter last week, he's over there camping at A&M and A&M hasn't pushed nearly as hard as Texas. So I'm looking at that going, wow, he, he's competing, but he's competing for a reason, probably wondering why, you know, why they aren't pushing harder for him. So I want to see how his official visit goes this weekend and if, if Texas has a real good shot or as if it's one of those things that AM's going to make up uh, ground on them if they want to, you know, that, that, that's one that I'm watching Malik Muhammad's an interesting one. Uh, you know, I think Texas is the preferred school in the family. Uh, they've got a lot of uh, there's a lot of almost offspring offspring from that family at Texas. Um, you know, the uncle went there. There's just so many lines to that school that favor UT. It's culturally in his wheelhouse. Um, Texas is trying to keep him from making those visits uh, this weekend. Uh, he's supposed to be at um, Alabama tomorrow and, and A&M Friday, and Texas is working the phones to try to keep those visits from happening. If they keep those visits from happening, then you probably like their chances. If not, then it's, you know, who knows? I, I, I think it's interesting
0: because the, the you know, recruiting, uh, we try to, to communicate this to Longhorn fans. Recruiting is a constant battle, right? I mean, it's been amazing to me. Uh, The, when, when I first got into recruiting, literally uh, kids would start committing in November of their senior year. Now they're committing as sophomores and juniors. Um, And coaches, coaches used to take off part of the summer and just, I mean, they would take July off and to get ready for the season and go, go to the mountains or go fishing or whatever. Right. And now they're hosting players each and every weekend from a multitude of graduating classes. So it's not just the 2023s that Texas is working on. And so the whole whole, uh, dynamic has changed. Uh, And, you know, whether or not a guy visits like a Malik Muhammad visits uh, an A&M or Alabama, it's a constant uh, thread right now uh, with all of these players. That recruiting, just, it never really sleeps. I mean, it is a full-time
1: gig. No, you know, since it's our business, we're kind of lucky for it. But, uh, yeah, it, it, I can't understand how, how coaches put up with it year-round. And, you know, this summer is going to be crucial because there's a lot of guys that I would say normally would be on a late timeline, uh, profile to, to go after the season and maybe at an all-star game. All-star games have lost their luster on announcements. So there's a lot of high-level elite prospects that are going to make decisions before the season – and so you know we're on high alert uh, for for a lot of these guys, and and they're you know there's a reason that the coaches are bringing uh, in these prospects in in uh, in June instead of November and December.
0: I want to mention one one more thing, and and uh, and then uh, we'll we'll get going. Uh, Darian Galette, Jerry Hamilton uh, reported yesterday, his dad's taking an assistant's job at Teague, uh, and so Gillette will likely be moving to Teague from Marlin. And um, you know as we look at it. On the whole, you know, and it, the, the issue with Gallette also is he couldn't have competed this year anyways. He, he has a knee injury, so he's out for the season. Uh, so it's not like he, he would be transferring schools as a senior um, to, to participate elsewhere. You know, Eric, you look at it around the state. Seven on seven state championship uh, is in, in College Station this week. Uh, Ryan Niblett, though, coming to Texas this weekend. Jaden Greathouse, however, going to participate with his team at Westlake over in Austin, or in, in College Station. You know, wh- wh- what is the, the feel right now, in your opinion, of the state of high school football in the state of Texas? Is, it, is, it, is it NIL eating into it? Is, is it the platform it once was, the Friday night lights? I, I kind of wonder, as we talk so much about recruiting, as we talk Whoa. about NIL, at what level do we detract away from the game itself on Friday nights?
1: You know, I think it only feels that way because it's been so long since we had a Friday night. Uh, you know, go sit in the stands or, or go to a small town and go to the Mexican re- food restaurant before a game and see how crowded it is. You know, my town, Montgomery, has 10 of those restaurants and all of them are packed on Friday nights. <laughs> uh, so I think there's still the spirit of the game. But, the you know, when you get to the offseason, we tend to lose track of that. Seven on seven has kind of interfered with that. Um you know, this, this week is, is a little different and the, the guys are participating with their own teammates. Um, you know, Niblet chose to go to Texas. I don't, I don't think there's a whole lot of prestige around seven on seven at, at the high school level. It's, it's really, to me, it's about what happens on those Friday nights. That's what this is all about. Staying loose, staying around your teammates, staying out of trouble, working on timing with your quarterback, that sort of thing. I think Niblet's kind of got that under, you know, squared away. Uh, so he's going to go talk to Texas and, uh, you know, I think it's probably more important than he's helping recruit for Texas, even though he's a quiet kid um, than being with his teammates at seven on seven. Great house is on a longer timeline, obviously Niblett's committed. So he's not really necessarily on a timeline, but this is a big recruiting weekend for UT. Yeah. Grayhouse I, a, this is going to take his time. And still so why, why not go play seven on seven?
0: Jerry made a great point. Aldi Nike is not going to compete for the state seven on seven championship. They're yeah, just right, not going to, right. whereas, whereas Westlake very well may they, They have the the quarterback and the pieces around them to to make that run. So it's a little bit different um, as well. Uh, I wasn't meaning to poke at any player there because I don't think that's what I was attempting to say. I just think it's interesting how um, there are so many demands on a player. I mean, for instance, uh, you know, not only are they going to unofficial visits and official – not only are they doing official visits – and seven on seven. There's also camps, like you mentioned with oh, Connor yeah. Stroh, that are that that are competing yep. for a kid's time. Um, it's just it's just an interesting uh, situation right now in high school football uh, a, as a whole. All right, Eric, uh, you have anything you want to add before we get going here on this week's state of the program? Uh, don't get too high. Don't get too low. Yep. Well. All right. Manning Pass Academy starts tomorrow. Uh, we'll have more. Uh, here on on texas football please check out insidetexas.com. that's where eric and i as well as justin jerry ian uh, paul and joe all uh comment and uh, write each and every day thanks for watching guys